and welcome. I am Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 93, titled, Loving Your Enemy. Most of the time, when we respond to a person as our enemy, it's because we have been offended by them, intentionally or unintentionally, or because we have a prejudice against them, real or imagined. But few of us have been in a relentless situation where we have been pursued by someone intent on killing us. In our study today, David is in such a situation with Saul. Saul is obsessed with an irrational jealousy of David, which has prompted him to try to kill David with a spear. We find him chasing David all over the countryside, trying to catch him to kill him. Living with the continuous obsession Saul has to kill him, David says in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3, that as truly as the Lord lives, there is only one step between me and death. But David actually got close enough to Saul to cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Later, he was again close enough to take Saul's spear and water jug. Both times David could have easily ended his misery by taking Saul's life. But he didn't. David wouldn't return hatred for hatred. This was a choice he made, and he wasn't coerced into making it. On the contrary, David's men were encouraging him to kill Saul each time he had the chance. The guiding principle is clear. This is not God's will. David does not want to return evil for evil. When Saul went into a cave to tend to his bodily functions, he was unaware that David and his men were hiding from him in that same cave when they saw Saul enter. Let's pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 4 through 7. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Sometimes when we have a promise from God, we think we are justified in sinning to pursue that promise. This is always wrong. God will fulfill his promises, but he will do it his way and do it righteously. Now the hem of Saul's or any ruler's garment was considered to be an extension of one's royal essence. When David cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's garment, it was to signify the transfer of kingly authority from Saul to David. That's why David felt remorseful when he cut it off. He felt like he may have trespassed on a divinely protected area that he should not have trespassed on. We need to learn to make better choices in life that reflect God's will. David learned to do that, and we can learn to do that too. By God's grace, choose to do God's will by resisting your own will and impulses. It not only glorifies God, it will bless you as well. 
In 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 1 and 2, we are told that the Ziphites informed Saul that David was hiding nearby, and he came with 3,000 men to comb the area. So look at what Saul is doing. He's taking his huge army in pursuit of David. David, on the other hand, took 600 men to fight their real enemy, the Philistines, and defend Keilah, we read in 1 Samuel chapter 23. But Saul took 3,000 men to hunt down one of his own. David got news that Saul had come and encamped nearby, so he decided to quietly infiltrate his camp. In chapter 26, he took one of his men, Abishai, and sneaked into Saul's camp at night. Everyone was in deep sleep, and Abishai said to David in verse 8, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. Now many of us in our flesh can identify with him. We may see the same opportunity he saw for a quick end to his enemy and find it hard to blame him. David was chased by Saul for years. But this was the impulse of the natural man in all of us. It's easy to feel justified given this opportunity. If we count, David has six reasons to kill Saul that night. Number one, Saul is the guilty one since David is the victim of wrongful treatment. Number two, he has good opportunity. Number three, he has a weapon needed. Number four, he has the man to do it. Number five, he has the support of his comrades. And number six, he has a high chance of success. Everything screams at him to just do it. But brother and sister, be careful thinking this way, because that's the reasoning that comes from the flesh. Revenge is among the desires of the flesh. And Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is why we need to rely on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So David was against the plan of Abishai. This was not his goal. Neither is it the will of God. Listen to what he says in verse 9 through 11. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. Clearly, killing Saul wasn't David's goal. He gave two reasons. Number one, it wasn't his place. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? The answer is no one. Even if Saul is ungodly or corrupt, he is still God's anointed, and no one can take his life without guilt. Number two, it wasn't the right time. The Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. It is not our place to take revenge, even when we are wronged. We cannot be sure what is considered a right judgment or when it is the right time. 
This explains why God does not want us to take revenge. Leave that to him. God is perfectly capable of righting the wrongs done to us in his own way and time. Instead, David told Abishai to take Saul's spear and water jug. It's not hard to imagine what Abishai must have been thinking. We come all this way, go through all these dangers, just to take a spear and a water bottle? Well, let's see what David had in mind. So they crossed back over to the other side of the valley and shouted at Paul and his army to wake them up. David's call woke Abner up first. He is Saul's commander. Verse 14. He called out to the army and to Abner, son of Ner. Aren't you going to answer me, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you who calls to the king? David said, You're a man, aren't you? And who is like you in Israel? Why didn't you guard your lord the king? Someone came to destroy your lord the king. What you have done is not good. As surely as the Lord lives, you and your men must die, because you did not guard your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around you. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? So twice Saul could have died, once in the cave and now in the camp. And after all these years, David still does not understand why Saul hates him so much. He has done Saul no wrong. See, we don't always suffer for our own sin. We sometimes suffer because others sinned, and a lot of the time for no apparent reasons. So David then spoke with Saul. Verse 18. Why is my Lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? And what wrong am I guilty of? Now let my Lord the King listen to his servant's words. If the Lord has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. If, however, men have done this, may they be cursed before the Lord. So what's he saying here? If I'm guilty of some wrongdoing and God is using you to discipline me, then I am willing to confess my sin and offer a sacrifice to God. But if, however, men have done this, May they be cursed before the Lord. David wants to know why he is Saul's enemy. He is prepared to confess any wrongdoing and offer a sacrifice. Is this our intention when dealing with someone we call or who calls us an enemy? So David does not have the answers to all the whys, but he still did not take matters into his own hands. He let God be God. Verse 21, Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son. Because you have considered my life precious today, I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Here is the king's spear, David answered. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I valued your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. Then Saul said to David, 
May you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. So David went his way, and Saul returned home. So we see that it is indeed possible to love your enemy. Saul was moved by David's kindness. We know Saul did stop his pursuit of David after this. So let me close with this thought. David has something in mind, and it's not to kill Saul. It seems that he wants a chance to talk to Saul. And that comes out in the very last sentence that he says to Saul, I valued your life today. You are important to me. Your life matters to me. He risked his life to find a chance to make this point. David loves his enemy. That's the love of Christ. And that's a choice we are to make. David's struggle with Saul gives us a great example. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How often do we go out of our way to tell someone we care about them? How willing are we to show grace and do good to those who offend us? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Christians are called to love those who despise us and persecute us. To follow in Christ's footsteps is to walk in the way of love. Is there someone you need to love today?